Don't look back to the market is closed. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harridge here with the Daily VRA Investing Podcast. Kind of a mirror image of yesterday's trading, if I'm being honest, uh, as the market continues to gyrate. Much better internals today. The Fear and Greed Index is at 45. I'll cover that more on that in just a moment. Let's tell you what happened first. Dow Jones today finishing down 104 points, really all over the board today. With about three minutes left in trading, the Dow was down 180. I don't know how it recouped 80 points in about a minute and a half, but it did. Uh, Dow Jones finishing down 104 at 33,066. Remember, we're just a stone's throw away from all-time highs in the Dow. Same thing with the S&P 500, down a third of a point today, a a third of a percent today, a 12-point loss at 39.58. Remember, all-time highs hit yesterday. NASDAQ today. Again, kind of the same thing with about uh, two minutes left. NASDAQ was down 70. Boom, here it closes down just 14 points. That's just uh, one-tenth of 1% at 13,045. And uh, our leader today, which was our, our uh, finished in last place yesterday, was the Russell 2000. Down about 2% yesterday, up 1.7% today. We'll call it a wash, up 37 points today. So again, getting a lot of of back-and-forth trading, some back-and-forth billing here that we think is pretty pretty natural going into the end of this uh, quarter. We're about to go into earnings reports for first quarter that are going to be pretty pretty astonishing. Tyler reported this yesterday. Estimates are for earnings beats uh, year-over-year year for the first quarter, something like 30, I, th- I think he said yesterday, 33% beats, and that's going to be nothing compared to what the second quarter is going to do. Uh, I don't even have those numbers, but it's going to be a multiple of 33%. That much I can tell you. It's going to be uh, just a, a massive beat. And we're coming up to the end of uh, end of a quarter. Typically, one of the best times to invest, just generally speaking, is on the last day of a old month into the first couple, three days of the new month. A lot of investors actually trade that as a primary trading strategy. But this one's different. Because not only are we going into a new month, we're going into a new quarter. So you have a whole lot of uh, portfolio window dressing going on, some reallocations. Again, a lot of investors moving away from tech into value. We've seen this movie, I don't know, 20 times in the last decade? Overstatement. At least 10 times in the last decade, we've seen some kind of an effort to, for, for, from Wall Street you know, gurus to try to convince people that this time it's real. This time, value is going to outperform growth for an extended period. It just hasn't happened so far. It doesn't mean it won't happen this time. But what we've seen is a repeating pattern of it not happening. Uh, every time a, a, a growth in tech has a 10 15% correction, we just had that early March, 10%. And uh, all the talk on your financial news networks are, you know what? Uh, growth is dead. Growth is dead. It's time to go into value. That typically marks a floor. We also think it's interesting, by the way, Kathy Wood's flagship fund, which is uh, symbols ARKK, uh, it's uh, been, you know, she's the hottest thing going, been the hottest money manager for some time, was one of the early uh, believers in Tesla, and of course, so many other companies, and really just been cleaning the clocks of, of every hedge fund in existence. I think every money manager in existence, she's been the name, the hot name for some time. Well, it does work both ways, as she's just found out. 
in, in a period of six weeks, uh, her flagship fund, ARC, uh, just dropped a quick 32%. But it's this avalanche of new offerings, primarily I'm talking about SPACs, that have come out that, have, again, they all these new SPAC offerings, uh, many of these shouldn't be going public. And the reason they're going public via SPAC, a blank check company, is because, well, they probably would ha- get uh, ask a lot of very tough questions during the IPO process they'd rather avoid. Those don't happen during SPACs. You don't have roadshows, right? You don't go under the microscope. And because of that, a lot of these companies really aren't prime time ready. They're just not ready uh, to begin trading, certainly not if the prices are going public at, incredibly overvalued. But with all these new SPACs, what that's doing is stopping up so much liquidity that would be in Apple or pick your favorite NASDAQ stock or favorite Kathy Wood stock, Tesla, for example, those funds now are tied up and increasingly losing value because they've been invested in SPACs instead. Killing the Golden Goose is something Wall Street that knows all about. They do it often. Uh, they could care less about oversupply. They simply want those big investment banking fees. Surprise, surprise. Uh, our view, right now the Fear and Greed Index focuses at 45. Uh, today, the Transportation Index hit an all-time high. Housing index is about, a, I don't know, three points away from an all-time high. S&P 500, same thing, a day away from all-time highs. How is it possible that the fear and greed index is at 45, which is a reading of fear? <clears throat> I think I can explain it for you. It tells you how anxiety-filled the average investor is. With what we've just been through the last year, it's not possible to blame anyone. We've just had uh, a year of coronavirus insanity. Now we're looking at a future that may contain mandatory vaccine passports if you want to be part of a privileged society. In other words, go to a movie, go to a restaurant, God forbid, try to get on a plane. Uh, People are freaked out. People are freaked out, not to mention we just had a stolen election. So a lot's happened in the last year. I don't fault anyone for being bearish or nervous about the market. At the first sign of trouble, with a 5 or 10% pullback, saying, you know what, just get me out, just get me out. And that's what the fear and greed index at 45 tells us. Because when, when you're at all-time highs, you've had the kind of run we've had in a normal market, fear and greed index right now would be about just my, my, my guesstimation We'll be sitting at about 75, maybe 80, 82. We're at 47. So what that tells us as a contrarian, and we think this is an important point, so I want to spend a few minutes on it, it's a big buy signal. It's one of the biggest buy signals because market tops do not occur when the public is anxious and out of stocks. Market tops, significant market tops occur when people, the public believes the markets can't go down that stocks will only go higher. When you get into your favorite Uber or taxi, uh, talk to your favorite Uber driver, they're telling you their hot stock tips. When people across multiple industries, I'm talking many, 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 many people, are quitting their jobs to day trade, okay? I've been through a few of these. These are the telltale signs of a market top. One more thing, and this is a kind of a more tangent point, more concrete point. Uh, our friends at Evercore uh, have been talking about this. We think it's an important point. Market peaks do not occur 
until S&P 500 earnings peak. That must happen first. We are nowhere near, and Tyler covered this yesterday as well, we're nowhere near a peak in S&P 500 earnings. Now, check back with this after the second quarter earnings reports come out. Maybe you could make that case then. And again, we're bullish. We're, we're bullish from a, also from a seasonality point of view. It's not just liquidity, $22 trillion in global liquidity. Uh, that's fiscal stimulus just in the last year. It's not just the fact that we have globally $71 trillion in, uh, in M1, M2 money supply growth. $71 trillion. That's on average of, of major countries, about 15%. Again, these are unprecedented numbers, obviously. I mean, people are flushed with cash. They just are. Uh, the public has got a lot of money to both spend and to invest. But this is not how market tops occur. Seasonality, we've been uh, beating this like a dead horse. Uh, we're going to the month of April. Not only is a lot of, a lot of fund flows coming in, again, in the uh, beginning of quarter, begin, beginning of a new month, beginning of a new quarter, you're going to see retirement funds, 401ks, uh, pensions, a lot of money flooding into the markets. And, of course, with that, uh, you're also going to have uh, uh, share buybacks occurring, you know, a lot of window dressing occurring. So uh, we think that begins now. Uh, we're actually looking for a strong smart money close today. We got that in Russ 2000. We got a decent comeback today. I will mention the, the, the fear index, the VIX today, closed down 5.4%. That, we think, is also could be a tell. And finally, just got to make this point because so many people – are talking about, I would say now it's the majority of Wall Street, is really starting to fearmonger about higher interest rates. And I'm sorry, but I'm not buying it. Uh, I'm not buying it at all. Here we have a 10-year in the U.S. that's 1.7, just over 1.7%. In Germany, broadly throughout Europe, and in Japan, there are still negative rates on their 10-year debt, negative rates. So you see where I'm going with this. If you've been joining us, you know we've made this case for some time. Started making it uh, several years ago when we said that our rates have to fall because negative rates in Europe demanded it. Negative rates in Japan demanded it. Simple gravity. Supply, demand, and gravity. And that's what we still see here. Now, if we start seeing uh, rates throughout, Germany, uh, throughout Europe and Japan start to spike, we have a whole different ballgame because now we're talking about the velocity of a move higher. That's what would get our attention. We saw a little bit of that. We think it's just a natural progression of an economy that continues to really improve. I mean, it's, it's hard to put into words how strong economies can. We can see 8%, maybe more, GDP growth this year, and that hasn't happened since 1944. So it's natural that rates would rise. But again, until, negative, until the negative rates of, in, 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 in Europe and Japan start to change, why, why would you buy their debt? when you can get 1.7% in the U.S., along with the safety and security of, of U.S. sovereign debt, along with, <laughs> I sometimes forget to mention this, we still have $120 billion a month in, in quantitative easing, buying bonds every month. That's the Federal Reserve, of course. It's a lot of demand. It's a lot of demand. So can, rates to, can the 10-year get to 2%? Absolutely. Will we care? Not at all. It's about the velocity, but we still believe the trend. Matter of fact, we have a 40-year trend to back this up. It's called a repeating pattern of significance, a 40-year trend of lower interest rates. So again, forgive us 
if we're not freaking out about higher rates. We think this is a, a natural ebb and flow of a market. Tech stocks were just roaring red hot for a year, Suck, sucked up all the money. And now that money's coming out, and we think that's bullish, and we really like the fact that the fear and greed index and the put call ratio, by the way, some of these readings are start, starting to show a lot of fear. We like that heading into the best month of the year, April. Average gains of 2.9% for the Dow Jones. Best month of the year, going back to 1950. The last 15 Aprils have been positive. So that's our, that's our story. We are sticking to it. Let's take a look under the hood today. Again, much, much better day today. Yesterday, the internals were just awful. I say awful. Two to one plus across the board. NASDAQ negative. Three to one negative. NASDAQ. Today, again, we, we saw the mirror image. Good readings today. Two to one positive across the board. Advanced decline, two to one positive, both the NYC and NASDAQ. Uh, uh, same thing with uh, volume, two to one positive, NYC and NASDAQ. And we had roughly 200 stocks hitting new 52-week highs to about 120 uh, hitting new 52-week lows. So positive readings across the board. That's the trifecta. We'll take that whenever we can get it. And our uh, sector watch today, quiet. Again, not a, not a lot going on here. Uh, consumer discretionary was up 17% to the downside. Consumer staples down 1%. It, it was negative across the board. However, I will say eight sectors finished lower, three finished higher, but it was nothing really beyond 1% in either direction. Uh, we don't take a lot from that. In our commodity watch today, gold today down $31 an ounce at $16.83. Don't like it giving up $1,700 an ounce. You know, look, yes, the 10 years rising. But folks, the real interest rates, right, which is the 10-year minus inflation, even if you use the official number, call it 2% inflation, real rates are still negative by 30 basis points. Negative real rates are the scenario, are the time to own gold in precious metals. Now, let me ask you this. Do you believe, based on what you've seen, when you go shopping, when you go to the grocery store, when you pay your rent, when you pay your expenses to keep your house up, right, at Home Depots and Lowe's, when you have to pay your medical expenses and your monthly medical uh, premiums, and when you have to put your kids through school or private school or anything education-related. Um, uh, what else? Uh, what's the uh, food? I already covered food. Uh, electricity. All these things are going up in price. Do you believe... Inflation's only rising at a 2% clip because I do not. I think most people don't. Only Wall Street economists believe this, and they, they just give us a steady diet and force-feed us this nonsense about 2% inflation. Well, again, we, we like to be truth-tellers here. The Federal Reserve has 1,000 economists on their payroll, 1,000 economists. Most is like uh, they give them grants. Maybe they don't call it a salary, but they're being paid by the Federal Reserve. Those economists want to keep that money flowing. If one of them went on TV and said, you know what, it's time to come clean, inflation's really running at 5%, 2% was never real. We all know that. His stipend or her stipend would be halted immediately. They know it. It's a shame what's happened to so many of our professions that are now money driven. But that is the way of the world today, I guess, huh? So, but again, uh, inflation is not 2%. The point I'm trying to make here is that the real, real rates are deeply negative. And that's broadly bullish. 
for precious metals and miners. There is a reason that the real smart money, that's central banks and governments around the world, because they know everything, right? They have access to all the data we will never see. There's a reason that they're buying more gold than at any point in history. That's, I saw that report about two weeks ago, and, I, and I've, I've had it confirmed several times over the last year. Uh, it's either more than they've ever bought or right there with it. There's a reason that they're loading up on gold. They know what's coming, and it's called a lot of inflation. We already have it. It's called currency inflation. Basically, uh, the, the purchasing power of our money is eroded uh, every time they issue new fiat paper, not to mention the many trillions in fiat paper that's been issued over the last 12 months alone. Uh, this is a wildly bullish environment for precious metals and miners. We look at this as an opportunity to continue buying low. Dollar cost, your average positions. We do it monthly here. Do it monthly or quarterly. That way you forget about what price you're paying and you just continue to buy, removing the emotion from money, buying your favorite positions, building a concentrated position in those positions, that's how big portfolio wins take place. Because then you're rewarded when the move finally occurs. Instead of building your own portfolio of, a, of 100 stocks, nobody can follow 100 stocks. No, but nobody can follow 100 stocks. If you, uh, if you will that down to say maybe 15, 20 stocks or so, right, along with physical gold and silver, Bitcoin, your favorite positions, that's manageable. And you can build a more concentrated, a larger position so your portfolio really, really notices it when your holding goes in the direction you intend it to go. Uh, what else? Uh, let's see. Oh, come on. Watch. So gold down 31. Silver down uh, 76 cents an ounce at 24. Copper down 5 cents a pound at 397. Oil today down $1.09 a barrel at 60.47. And finally, Bitcoin up uh, surging right now up 1,040. It's been up about... 8% in the last two and a half days on the news of PayPal and Visa. They're running pilot programs, or in the case of pay PayPal, you know, starting today, you can use PayPal for, for, for Bitcoin. Uh, and I believe, I believe Ethereum as well, uh, both on the PayPal system. Again, that's acceptance. This is the beginning of the acceptance phase. This is typically when moves higher begin to pick up speed. Uh, we're nowhere near saturation stage, I can tell you that much. Uh, Bitcoin, 58680 And final point, we have about three, maybe four, almost four years now of data to back this up. There is a very interesting and, and highly uh, correlated uh, move between both Bitcoin and the markets. Bitcoin tends to lead the equity markets by a bit. We did the re research some time ago. The average lead time is about a week or two. Uh, both on the upside and downside. The fact that Bitcoin now is running again, remember it was just 50, 52,000 what a week ago, now back up uh, close to 60 again. Uh, we think it's going to keep breaking out. Our minimum target is 100,000 this year for a lot of reasons. It's really supply and demand. You know, again, limited 21 million uh, Bitcoin. There'll never be more than that. Uh, but again, that we think that's also bullish for the markets. It's been a good tell. And again, a highly correlated uh, trade for some time. Uh, we like the markets heading into the month of April, and uh, and that's been our position for some time. Folks, hope you all had a great day. As always, we appreciate you joining us. Join us full-time at VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.